Good evening and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host Gary Morgan. With me as always is a man struggling to come to grips with having to accept a kid came from nowhere and looked like a pitcher all of a sudden. My co-host and friend Jim Stam. How you doing brother? Doing good man. Um, I've had some good games lately. That certainly makes it easier uh, you know to sit and talk about the Pirates and feel like you have something good to talk about. Absolutely. I mean, I know we said we were going to talk about these rule changes this week, but how can we at this point, really? It's Yeah. I mean, today we're going to answer a really good call your shot. We're going to talk a little bit about some recent GM comments because that's always fun as hell. Of course, (laughs) you know, we're going to talk about how the team has been playing recently. So and let's yeah, and and we'll get to rule stuff. We've got listen. We've got a whole off season to do that. So it would have been interesting, but to be honest, I'm still going back and forth on a few things. So like I, I've read some more things. I've sent you some things to read about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've read them. I've collected people's comments. Yeah. I'm I'm ready to rock on it. It just doesn't feel appropriate right now. The pirates actually gave us something to talk about. Pirates did. So, the couple guys did too. So yeah, yeah. let's do that instead today. Right. Let's start right there. It's been at least in the conversation for most positive week of the season, right? I mean, where do I start? Keller looks like everything we hoped back when he was a top pitching prospect in all of baseball. Luis Ortiz comes up here and looks like a seasoned vet. I mean, I'll let you start. Where did you see or what did you see this week? And more to the point, do you feel better about the direction as we barrel towards the offseason here? It's funny, isn't it, how um, game to game, week to week, the ups and downs, man, you know, you can, you can, and everybody does it to an extent. We all get caught up in, you know, this season's a long season as a Pirate fan, and you can get beat down, you know, in in the span of five, seven, ten games, and just, they weren't hitting. At all. Like, At you know, all. how many times yeah, how many times does that happen? But it just happened recently. And then all of a sudden we get some pitching and there are younger guys, except for Keller, who even that is, hey, he's look, he's turned the corner. I said that the other day. I'm like, I think you can just safely say it. He's turned the corner. Yeah, we literally had a show titled Is It Time to Trust Mitch Keller? like months ago, bro. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here we, we are. I- I think the the question has been answered at this point. Yeah, I I think we can start to believe this is real. It's been um, it's been too many starts in a row. Um, you look at like his last twenty starts, even. I mean, you know, the ERA is down. He's not having some of the walks issues. He's not just going out there and yeah. frustrating the hell out of you. Um, just about six, got his ERA under four now. Just about. You know? I'm almost always giving you five, six innings now um, and looking good while doing it. So It's funny how they have allowed him to almost look stronger as the season's gone on, whereas everyone else they're kind of backing off of. It, it, it makes you wonder like what the thinking is on that because he's up above his you know innings pitched as well. But he they is. Seem to and just be like, sure, have at it, Mitch. Even after that, that, that day where he clearly his velocity was down, he, they said he had the tired shoulder. Yep, yep. And um, I thought right then they would be careful because I thought, you know, he's been almost um, of all the negatives that we've had about Keller is the one thing is he's been remarkably healthy and 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 durable. Um, so yeah, that except would, for, what, 2020, I think he got nicked up a little bit. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, in the grand scheme of pitching prospects, he's been pretty yeah. pr- pretty healthy, right? Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where then then Oviedo has a real good start this past week. Um, and then, my goodness, Luis Ortiz, do we – what do you want to say about that kid? I mean, I was – Gary, I was blown away, and I 
so many times want to tell people slow down or slow down with all these, these, these young guys. I, I just, I, I can't with him. What I saw was fantastic. He looked great. I think it's important when you line that start from Ortiz up next to, you know, a phenomenal introductory start last year from Max Kranich. You know, he went what I think it was five shutout in, or five no hit innings in his debut, and you know everybody was freaking out that he was getting sent back down and all that. Same same right. as this one, but Max Kranich for some reason it didn't look like like what Ortiz did last night the other yeah. night. Like that was different. That wasn't like it was. They different. have never seen this kid before, so they couldn't hit him. I felt like they could have seen this kid before and still not hit him. I mean, he it, was that kind of good. It was Gary. It was different. You know, we're talking velocity up, running average fastball at ninety nine, hitting one hundred in the sixth. I think he struck out six. I mean, his slider was ridiculous. Um, you know, it, it, he just looked. I mean, you want to talk about a fast riser through the system. I mean, Crazy. Kid that was, yeah, it's what, single A last year. You know, single so, A this year. Yeah, sing, yeah, started in single A, still was. Um, I told um, somebody on Twitter because they said I missed it. You know, what uh, What did I miss? I go, well, if, if you missed it, I would encourage you to go find it and watch it. It was different. Yeah, and, it uh, wasn't a stat line. You, you had to see no, it. It was different than – than, than what you see now. And again, I'm not trying to like make it out like this is Roger Clemens and you know yeah. he'll be here in April doing this next year. I, I do think there's still some things for that kid to work on legitimately. Sure. Um, it's also important to remember this is the Cincinnati Reds lineup, pretty awful. But it doesn't mean that you're taking away from anything there again. No. The way that kid was throwing the ball – I don't care what lineup he was facing; that was, he was going to be successful, and that right. And that, it, that's how good he looked. Hey, and as crappy as that Reds lineup was and has looked at times this year, they still play in a shoebox. Yeah. You know, um, the, the the ball flies there, and uh, he was not having any trouble with anything of that either. So, um, Oviedo, hey, look, ten starts. He's or ten innings, three starts. He's only given up four hits in ten innings. Now he's walked. Yeah. He's walked ten, but there's something well, to look it at. It was there. encouraging in his last start too. You know, sure. The the strikeout stuff is there. The walk stuff is still there. Unfortunately, I it did crop up in the fourth inning, and he and he walked a couple guys back to back after he had just been absolutely cruising. Um, to his credit, he pulled it back together. You know, and and stopped it, and you know, kept it together and finished strong. That's encouraging too. You want to see these guys like start to learn how to fight out of the problems they create for themselves. And sure, I, I really have liked what I've seen from him too. I'm still not a hundred percent convinced he's a starter, but he he has enough pitches. It's just I haven't seen the the length from him because he wastes so many pitches every at bat. Yeah, yeah, he goes through stretches where he's just the pitch count starts climbing on you, and and, and clearly they they would have to get that out of him. But for something that they wanted to try with him, there's been encouraging signs. So um, you know, after you've got you've got Roanzi and you've got Keller right now, feels good to see a couple other guys step up and maybe provide some solutions. Hopefully, absolutely. And I think we got to take a quick break here, but when we come back, I think. Another reason that this was a little bit of a positive week didn't have anything to do with the Red Series. They were a bullpen away from taking the Cardinals to task, too. Back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you. And Jim, I just want to kind of pick up where we left off a little bit and finish talking about the ramp up to last week. You know, mm-hmm. the Cardinals series, Pirates lost. 
you know, two, I guess you, you could consider them heartbreakers if you were in a pennant race, but they're kind of more, uh, you know, typicals, if you will. If that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, yeah, d- yeah, missed opportunities, let's put it yeah. that way. Really, the bullpen allowed them to slip away. And I guess, you know, I, I can get upset about that. It's hard for me to get too upset about a bullpen that is missing in my estimation, three of their four best options back there and Holderman, you know, De Los Santos and Bednar. So, you know, you take all those off, off of that, out of that bullpen and you're left with Will Crow having to do a lot of heavy lifting and DeJong having to do a lot of heavy lifting and Manny Benuelos looking to do way more than he should be asked to do. And it just gets, you get to the point where you got, Dwayne Underwood Jr. closing a game for you and you're biting your nails up one nothing, you know, in the second game <laughs> right, of that double header, right. right? So I mean yeah, I think people- the Cardinals series, the record makes it look awful, but they were in all those games. The offense has really started to kind of turn it around. Yeah, and I think people too, yeah, you, it's just easy. It's almost it's almost easy to forget about Holderman at this point. Um, right, he didn't have him all that long. So yeah, and we're used to not having bad nurse. So you take those guys out, and De Los Santos was coming on. So yeah, I mean, who, what bullpen wouldn't be shaky if you took guys like that that out of it? Sure. Um, offensively, hey, I mean, considering the recent rush stretch they went through, it's just incredible how different the lineup starts to look when you get guys like Cruz and Castro doing something along with Reynolds and Hayes even even just even contributing anything from like Hayes had a real good series in Cincinnati. So he did. Yeah. So just just being a hitter, you know, forget driving in runs and all that stuff. Just get him back to being a hitter. Yeah. Um he was pulling balls, which I really like. He pulled his home run. He pulled his uh, RBI single the other day. I'm yeah. That's good to see from Cabrian Hayes. Uh, it's not something you want him to do all the time, but you love him being able to show that he can do both because he's got to, he has to. Yeah. And, uh, he was taking so many balls right on the inside corner for strikes all season long. And it's really good to see him turn around and rip a couple of them. Cause that's what you got to do to stop that. I was just going to say that. I mean, if you can't show the ability, you know how this league works. They'll just continue to um, pound you inside there and forget it. You know, yeah, for the so, for the most part, too, Jim. I think we've seen we've seen Derek Shelton start to kind of chill on shuffling the lineup constantly, too. There's been a pretty consistent mix of players. There's been a pretty consistent mix of guys who are considered bench roles right now. And you're getting the the one through four or five pretty consistent in there. You know, it, it's been locked in. He's letting them gel a little bit. And you can tell it's paying dividends. Yeah, well, we've, you know, we have talked about that a lot on this show, which is, um, I think, players appreciate you not tinkering with lineups uh, a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, Cruz in the leadoff spot, be really interesting. He's almost too, he's almost going to be too effective as a run producer to leave there, but man, he changes things up there when he's hitting, doesn't he? Yeah. I think for now it's the best place for him for reasons beyond winning a baseball game. I'm more about trying to get that kid as many at-bats as you possibly can um, this year. So that's why I wanted him there. On top of that, he's actually good at it. You know, uh, it it does force (laughs) him to see more pitches and everything. I still think moving him down to, like, two and having a more traditional leadoff type guy would be a good move. But if they leave him up there, I'm not going to cry about it. Well, you know, let's be honest. He's the type of guy that is so talented that if he remotely even gets consistently um, productive, he can hit anywhere. I mean, he he really could. I mean, you could hit him first, second, third, fourth. Sure. He, he, he's that talented when he's on. So, um, 
Yeah, and then and then hey, come on, let's talk about Rodolfo Castro, right? I mean, Rodolfo Castro has been killing it, and it's really nice having those two switch hitters back to back right there at two and three in the lineup, isn't it? I mean, it it, it makes everything fall together. You can't cheat on Cruz because you got Reynolds right there. It, it's something I noticed in the in the game where you know they're starting against the lefty. They drop Cruz all the way down to to seventh in the lineup. He's got nobody protecting him. And, you know, to me, against a tough lefty, well, that's when I want him to have protection more than ever. Right. You know, like, so I, I get in a way they're trying to protect him by dropping him from the, the leadoff spot. But in a way, you're kind of dooming him, too. He's not going to get anything with with. Tyler Heineman batting behind him, you know? No. And, you know, some people are so um, – they they think line of protection is a myth. I don't, I don't buy into that at all. I think pitchers constantly look at who's in the lineup and um, how you're going to pitch one guy based on how you might pitch the next guy. The best um, defense to that narrative, because I hear that narrative a lot. I mostly hear that narrative from media members. Because I've never heard it from a player. I've right. never heard it from an ex-player. I've never heard it from a current player. I've never heard it from a pitcher or a hitter. It, it matters to everybody. You know, and it matters I, I just, to everybody that matters. I just can't see how you can <laughs> pretend that it <laughs> that it's not a thing. I mean, I understand you know, numerically was, where you hit in an order doesn't matter all that much from your percentages, but yeah, I think it was Madison Bumgarner that it was even like, of course I pay attention to the lineup. Of course. Right. How else would I pitch it? You know, like I'm, uh, I, I'm not just focused on solely on, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting through lineups one, two and three times. I have to think about that stuff. Absolutely. And it's to me, it's just it's foolhardy. But we've seen, you know, I think Castro and and Cruz have combined on some pretty nice plays in the middle infield too. So that you know they're they're really starting to look like mature options, aren't they? I mean, like you're almost feeling like second base almost has to be Castro in the in the lead for it, right? I mean, it, I posed that question the other day. Um, I was like, how we how how's everyone feeling about it? Um, and then, of course, he went out and hit even more, a couple more home runs after that. Right, yeah. But even defensively, like you said, I think like you start thinking of those two guys and the amount of ground that they can cover. And I mean, Cruz and, and Castro at second and short. And you just start feeling pretty good about that from both an offensive and defensive production standpoint, a- don't you? Absolutely. I mean, like, and to me, first base is like your biggest question mark. And when you look at Chavis's numbers, it's kind of hard to believe that we've complained about that position as much as we have. He's not prototypical, but he plays it pretty well. His, his defensive metrics are actually pretty decent. And he's hitting. He's hitting righties, too, now a little bit. Yeah, It's funny, he whole... struck out three times against a lefty the other day, which, which I was... said you kind of can't have. But right. overall, right. he's been okay. He's hit some home runs. You know, He's I would earned a, another shot next year. I'd say at least to be part of the team. I think absolutely part of the team. I think like the perfect world. I want, I want them to get a guy at first base that has the size to help out some of these 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 fielders around the infield. Right, right. Um, you know, because uh, yeah, I mean, Chavis. He, he's done well, but he's 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 physically limited in the sense of like. Now he's five ten on paper. He's not five ten, uh, you know. And um, you get a six two six three guy over there, you know. Hayes, Cruz, Castro, you get a foot more re- wingspan reach over there. It helps over the course of one hundred and sixty two games. Help your fielders out. He's not prototypical. I think he belongs on the team. I'd love to see him go back and be like. First of all, if he's a lefty, you put him in the lineup. Or if there's a lefty on the mound, you put him in the lineup and let him go back to being kind of like a super utility guy instead of. But that's only if they can find someone to play first base. 
Yeah, and looking at looking at the free agent market, it's not real, real promising. It's thin. It's thin. And, uh, you know, maybe you could swing a trade, but you know, maybe it's also not mission critical because you know, if you do believe Malcolm Nunez is going to make it up here, or Mason Martin, if you're still, you know, one of those people, which I'm not, I'm not completely giving up on him. I just haven't lost yeah. my zest for, you know, yeah. continually bringing his name up until he makes me. Um. Nunez you're one is of those, the guy that you're hoping for. Yeah, but I mean, you you figure too. You've got you've got Henry Davis, maybe not going to pan out as a catcher. You know, or Andy Rodriguez could even potentially Dude. move over there. There's got to be room for all these guys. So maybe it's not a position of absolute need. Like maybe I can take it off of my list. I'm saying, has Chavis been good enough that I can be like, okay? Make sure you get the catcher. Make sure you get some pitchers. I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, like, if we could get two or three of those, regardless of how that sorted out, I would be fine with that. It's funny you mentioned Henry Davis. I thought even when they drafted Henry Davis, even back then, um, and people freak out when you say this stuff because then all of a sudden he loses value if you move him behind from catcher. I always kind of thought he might be a first baseman or end up at a position like that. I really did. Um, now, and Andy has really, really um, made this whole thing interesting um, because they both are catchers. Um, Rodriguez is hitting the crap out of the baseball at every level, every chance he gets. So maybe he's here before we even worry about Henry Davis. They could both be here next year, legitimately. Mm-hmm. So, and and if that's the case, you're not going to have them both as a starting catcher. Yeah, yeah. So I so, mean, like, I mean if the- now, Andy gives you a lot more flexibility. He can even go out to the outfield, and but you know, you figure you start thinking about like with the DH, you've got to start thinking about a mix of bats. You've got to find ways to get at bats for these guys and. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a free agent at first base isn't the way I would go, I, and it's it's something I've kind of changed my opinion on. I haven't even one hundred percent convinced myself of, but that's where I'm at right now. I think Chavis Chavis has given that to the Pirates, if you ask me. A yeah, little bit of leash, and I think and I think I've moved just the other way. That I'm like, if I could get somebody better, I would. Um, and I'd like him to be a part of things in a different capacity, but there's nobody out there. There's nobody out there. I, and there, and it, and it is really thin, um, as far as the options go. So look, you're never going to go wrong with, man, even if they just went out and did the pitching, I would be, you know, starting starters or relievers. I would be, let's start somewhere, Gary. Right. Absolutely. I I mean, the thing is, I say that knowing right now they don't really have anybody else who can play it but zach collins which is not somebody that i see them bringing back so you're talking first base yeah so I yeah, mean, they, yeah they're gonna have to get somebody it's just you know you want somebody to be somebody that you actually feel can compete with chavis's bat i don't know that that's out there unless it's trey well, he, mancini he'd be the dream right he'd be right. the dream guy um yeah, like Cal Mitchell has reinserted himself into the conversation just as a hitter. And is he somebody because, you could consider there? Well, I would. I mean, you know, clearly his arm is not awesome out right. in the outfield. It's just not. And I don't I see mean, him as having a DH bat. Right. So, like, you know, he always seemed like a natural candidate. He doesn't look like. Um, doesn't look like a moose out in the field. He looks like he can handle himself. So, like, yeah, right. he, you would think he could play first base. I mean, look look who else they're willing to try over there. So he's somebody I would consider. Um, but like you said, I mean, they're not Zach Collins. I mean, come on now. Right. This, the, 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 that's not a plan. And no, if it they, is. You know, they <laughs> love those. Not, every, they've loved for GM upon GM, those former number one picks. They love that. Oh, I know. We should, you know, we should do, Jim. We see how often that works. We should do call your shot because I'm having a good time talking about players, so I want to keep going with it. And this question is going to lead us right into it. So, yeah, let's go ahead and do call your shot right now. Sure. 
It's uh, from our buddy Jason in Slippery Rock. He says, of course the record is bad, but can we not credit Shelton for Keller and now Cruz figuring things out in a major way? Now, we spent a lot of time talking about Keller earlier. I'm not 100% sure how, how I get to crediting Shelton for Keller. Uh, I mean, Oscar Marin, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've said he's been tied to Keller's career. Um, I think Keller has helped him save his tenure here in Pittsburgh. I think he gets another year because of how good Keller came, came through this year. Yeah, do, do, you, do you think he meant Shelton in particular? Um, he wrote or maybe Shelton. Like, <laughs> right, but like some – yeah, like – but I was also thinking like sometimes you're like thinking of him as – Well, we can change it to coaching. Coach. We can change it to coaching. I mean it, it, that's, or either that's or. where we want to take it. I think I, I wouldn't credit any one person in, in any system for anything really. Like honestly, yeah, the uh, – the implementation of the two seamer was from Justin Message in the bullpen with Keller, and yeah. then he took it from there and start, and seeked out his own advice and everything. So, so now, that's it's an important distinction. Yeah, but it's not like Oscar Marin was was like, "You did what?" You know, I mean, obviously he talked to him about it as well. So it's a team effort. Oh, you collaborate. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what's but going I doubt on. they went and clear that with Shelton. Like, hey, are you okay if we teach Keller a? A sinker. They don't. don't <laughs> no, like, like, like. Anytime you're a manager, I mean, that's stuff that. I mean, that's what they're paying you to do. Like, it's go problem solve, try things. Like, great, report back to me and blah blah blah. But right, I don't need. I don't need you knocking on my door every three seconds telling me, Skip, we're trying this. You know, what I mean, like, the, and so that's why, like, if it's just Shelton we're talking about. Uh, I, I would caution against the line of thinking that Derek Shelton himself at this level in this stage is directly responsible for that stuff. You know, well, like let me take it. Let me take it here on cruise with Shelton. Like I'll, okay. I'll try as hard as I can to hammer an answer into this, because if you think about cruise, when it comes to Shelton, he's given him opportunity. He's given him more at-bats by having him hit up, up at the top of the lineup. He's made a good decision there. He's um, not really gone through, like, extensive benching, no matter how bad he was for stretches. You know, they kept letting him hit, see pitches. Um, they've kind of let him work through a lot of his fielding issues to the point where I think I've seen a little bit of a change in the way he's delivering the ball to first base. Doesn't seem to be uncorking that hard throw every single time now. I've liked that improvement. They allowed him, and this is something that would have to come through Shelton. They allowed O'Neill Cruz to bring in his own personal batting coach that he works with in the winter to come up and help him. And I think it's helped. So Yeah, you're so what you're saying is like he's he's making good decisions for him. But as far as like any kind of like day-to-day instruction type stuff, that's not what we're talking about. Sure. Just like I don't think yeah. Coach Tomlin is telling Devin Bush to, you know, count three before he rushes. You know, I yeah. I don't think that you're that when you're the overseer, you're doing that kind of in-depth stuff. But I'm talking like big picture stuff here. Mm-hmm. Checking the ego at the door and letting him bring in his own coach. Great. Batting him lead off to get him more at bats and get him some protection in the lineup. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, showing him he got faith in him even when he's struggling. Great. I'm happy with the overseeing of his development at the major league level. And that's as far as I can go personally. Yeah, and well, I mean, if you want to take it back to the Keller thing, I mean, even just giving the guys and the players kind of the permission to ahead of time say, like, we're in the problem-solving business. If you think you can work on something, by all means, go ahead and do it. You know, we don't have to – you don't have to seek out permission for everything. And so that that yeah. that stems back to kind of what we're talking about. Um, 
It's kind of like even what Derek Shelton was saying about Luis Ortiz the other day. You know, he was asked about how did he rise through the system so fast. He got this big smile on his face. He goes, I've never seen a kid that just takes the instruction that quickly. Like, Mm -hmm. we tell him to do something, and it's implemented. Boom, he does it. You know, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Yeah. But that that sort of thing... You have to credit the kids, right? You got to credit I, Keller for being willing to, to throw a two seamer. He's thrown a four seamer his entire life and relied on it. Yeah. And he's not only bought into it and tried it and added it to his box, there's nights where he'll throw the four seamer if that's what the game plan calls for. He'll throw the two seamer if that's what the game plan calls for. He's yeah. doing what he's asked, he's made himself hard to scout. Sometimes I think we, 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 and I say we, I mean people, fans in general, to me, I think we, look, coaching and instruction is super important. Development is super important. But sometimes at the end of the day, it comes down to is a kid talented enough? Is he teachable? And sometimes they have to take that into their own hands and, 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 and perform. And that's what you saw with Luis Ortiz is, I mean, there's no way you make it from where he was last year to what we saw the other night without a guy just taking the ball and performing at some point. The, at some point, it comes down to the players is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and that and one said, of the, I don't think we take credit away from, no. from Shelton either here. I mean, like, I, I think at the end of the year, you know, we can look back and we can say, I, I think there's some things Derek Shelton did okay. I really like the sign I'm seeing for the last few weeks here of leaving the lineup alone. It gives me a little bit of hope that once he has more players that he feels good about, the lineup's going to become more consistent. I think moving into next year, if I see that early on, I'm going to feel a lot less like it's a constant audition. And that's it, that to me is going to make me feel like he's uh, he's becoming a baseball manager, yeah. which is really what's driven me nuts most about him. Yeah, and as as they move away from being such a lefty hit heavy hitting lineup, that has affected things too. So we have to be able to be fair and look at it both ways. Um, I think they all will take credit for these developments as they happen, whether. Hey, whether they had anything to do or not with Castro making this seeming leap that he's done or Cruz finally turning around or someone like Keller, who, by the way, I finally found the stat, Gary. Last 15 games, Mitch Keller has a 3.29 ERA. I mean, last 15 starts, man. Like, And it goes beyond that. It's just what I could pull up quickly. You know, this is to their credit. And I think uh, that – you can't just pick pick out the negative with these guys all the time. They've been so hammered about development that you do have to stop and at least say, well, you know what? It happens under their watch. They yeah, do right. get some credit for it. Absolutely. You have to. And I think overall, first, really good question from Jason. I like that. And it was a good conversation. It's so hard for me to just go – yeah, that guy gets credit for that, or this guy gets credit for this. Mm-hmm. I I really do look at it more as a developmental win. The things that I want to judge an in-game manager on, again, I can't feel confident until I see that lineup consistent next year. And I see what he does with a real bullpen. Because what am I going to say about the way he's managing this bullpen right now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it. I'm gonna. Am I gonna get mad that he used Underwood to close? No, I, there was nobody there, and they let Crow Crow had to go 50 pitches the day before. You know, so I don't, I don't see it. I mean, they're fortunate with that bullpen to have won four games in a row against anybody. Crow looks like his uh, right arm is like four inches longer now than it was before the season started. It's dragging. Like it, you know, he doesn't like, so, look the same. Yeah, no, he doesn't, and um, that's the byproduct of some of what they, you know, had to do. Um, but yeah, back to what you're saying is is like it's much more about these 
game-to-game decisions that Shelton can make and how he puts guys in a position to either succeed or not that he has way more effect on than anything coming from, like, the instructional side of things. I mean, just take, like, for example, right now, you know, he's still got some scraps on his roster right now. He does. He's still got Greg Allen. He's still got, you know, some other guys like that. Ben Gamble, even to a certain degree, you kind of don't want to see a whole bunch of at-bats from him right now. So you're seeing less of them. If he had done that same thing with the scrap that he had earlier in the season, like Josh Van Meter, I don't think people complain about him being on the roster nearly as much as they are, as they did. Right. It's, it's little things like that. Like we understand it isn't your fault. He's there. And, and maybe like, I'm smart enough to know Ben Charrington's telling him to use him. But that's the kind of stuff I don't want to see next year. If you're forced to emergency get a Yu Chang, that don't mean he has to play. Sure. Which, by the way, Yu Chang is now on the Red Sox, I think. Yeah. Last I saw. So, yeah. I mean, that, that has changed from his Tampa Bay Rays uh, uh, days there that didn't last too long. But you, you just made me think of something you mentioned next year with Shelton. I think next year for me is really truly going to be the first time I, I I can honestly, honestly start to judge him. Like truly, truly judge him and feel like I can be fair about it. I don't know that I've been able to do that completely. You know what's funny, Jim? We're going to spend the whole last segment kind of ripping into the GM and some of his comments. So we might as well get started now. That very sentiment you just expressed, I don't know how anybody could have a different one. It's impossible to judge him until next year. So how am I, the GM, intentionally taking that dude to his lame duck year before he has a chance to show me what he is as a coach? Well, maybe we should um, have Ben Sherrington say a few things about things in general what do you think it sounds fun let's absolutely do that let's take another quick break Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim, let's have some fun, man. It's time. We, we haven't done this in a long time. We had a long Ben Charrington sit down with the media, <laughs> and we finally get to sit down and parse some of it. Let's have some fun. I mean, this this is it's time for a good old-fashioned Jim versus Gary and his marketing background segment. <laughs> Where I argue for the PR portion of every bullcrap thing he says, and you simply say, I'm a fan and I hate him. And yes, I'm a fan, I hate him, and just please just say what you mean and mean what you say, even though that's pie in the sky. Well, let's have at it, because this was your homework this week. Okay. So let's just, I'm going to start with a specific question that was asked to uh, Ben Sherrington about G1 Bay. Okay. Who who uh, most people are just wondering kind of what the Pirates are doing with him down there in, in the minors. He's certainly performed well enough that we thought we might see him. We have not. Um, and even furthermore, kind of question like, what are their plans for him? Organizationally, I mean, is that somebody we're going to keep? Sure. Just because he because he hasn't gotten a shot. So uh, someone asked if uh, he would be called up, and this is our buddy Ben working through it as only a GM could. He said, "I don't know if they should expect that. I think our roster will continue to change." We still do have guys that we like, and he is a guy we like. To say for sure or not that he's going to be in the big leagues, I can't tell you that. 
I do know we like his skill set. He did have an injury <laughs> earlier in the year, and he has come back and been building. But he's had a really nice year in Indy. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, first off, I always if he love... doesn't know If he doesn't know who's... If he doesn't know the answer to this, Gary, who is going to? That's kind of where I was going to go. I always love when the person in charge of a decision tells you they don't know the answer. It's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you always hear hear people like will ask a president, um, hey, uh, what are we doing about this? And they go, "Uh, you know, we're we got to have a look at that. And it's a problem that's been going on for like six months. Where have your damn look? Tell me what's going on. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I understand why they wouldn't say yes. He's coming up because it may very well depend on does Diego Castillo do okay in this little call up he just got. It there's no place for him to play right now. I don't know where you would play Juwan Bay right now. I wish that would be his answer because where the hell would you play him? What would you do? What's he gonna? Where's he gonna field? You gonna put him in center field and sit Reynolds? You gonna sit Castro? Where, where's he well, playing? Yeah, like you said. I mean, well, then you know, um, say that. I w- the only thing I would add to this though is like at the end of the year, if they wanted to call him up three games, they could do that. Like, they, they know the answer to that. I mean, if they thought it was worth rewarding him for having a good season. It does kind of make me question what what they're doing overall with him. It does. Because um, there have been – there were I opportunities un- to do it. I don't understand why he wasn't the call-up um, before Marcano, to be honest with you. But he wasn't. Right. And if you're not going to have Marcano, okay, well, Castro's the uh, another guy. Well, Castro's taken hold. You're not going to take any at-bats away from him at this point. It it gets to be a point where you, you start looking at some of the depth toward the top of the, of the charts in, in the minor leagues, and you have to start thinking, some of these guys got to be kind of trade bait, don't they? Because, like, what are you going to do always, with him? He's always been one that I thought maybe fit into that category. Um, I don't. I don't know how that's a category. Personally, you're not the first I've heard to say that. I don't know how that's a category. It's, what do you mean? Like, I don't know how you go. Hey, that guy's somebody they're probably going to end up trading. I don't know how you know that when you're watching a prospect come up. Like, if, unless it's like what you see around them looks so much better. But I don't think that's been the case with him. So now that like I'm seeing some guys plant their roots a little bit, now I feel like, okay, yeah, I think he's somebody expendable. I'm starting to feel the same way about Travis Swaggerty. I think he's in the same category as Bay. They basically could have asked that question. Why isn't Travis Swaggerty up here? Same thing. Yeah, the, the, I think when I when I say I kind of always saw him, and that is, there's some peripheral stuff with him that some fans still aren't happy about. I don't even want to get into it, but um, you know, he's had some issues off the field, and so I always felt that like if some of the other guys performed, that's where they could use him as some kind of. Um, uh, currency if you will sure um so that's really all i was all i was getting out with that um you're probably right at the end of the day they could have he could have just said look i'm not sure yet we'll see how things shake out um he's somebody that we might be calling up and he's somebody that we might not be able to find room for before the season's over but it just sounds so comical how it was such a long answer i honestly would have preferred I don't have the at-bats to give him major leagues right now and a uh, good problem to have. Right. I'd love yeah, something, something is, like that because something like, as simple as that, that's what it is. It's a good problem to have. And that's, you should yeah. be happy about it. I yeah. mean, 
I don't expect them to telegraph everything they do. And I'm not stupid. I don't need you to tell me there's no place for him to play right now. I look at what you have fielded. I look at this lineup. I can't pick somebody I want to send away for G1 Bay. Right. Just can't do it. And you can't even say Greg Allen. You can say Greg Allen is a worse player if you want to. I'll probably agree with you. I'll probably agree with you. I'd rather watch G1 Bay than Greg Allen. But G1 Bay is left-handed. And the only reason Greg Allen is on this team is because he's right-handed. Yeah, he can. He at least serves a purpose for trying to balance out a lineup every once in a while. Yeah, and if and if I'm going to play a lefty anyway, don't I have Sawinski and Cal Mitchell and Ben Gamel? I mean, like I don't need G1 Bay. Sorry, Castro's doing really well. I'm not taking a single at bat away from him. If anything, Kevin Newman never plays again. Yeah. It, well, if that's the if that's if that's the alternative, sure. Now, okay. Well, let's get into another one that's even more nebulous than that from a team perspective, because that was just a player. Now, imagine Ben Sherrington being asked about a whole roster. Because this yes, is what I can't wait. This is what you get when you ask Ben Sherrington about that. We have to get into the off season and see what the opportunities are. But I think starting pitching and offense probably forever are things we'll be focused on. <laughs> what a what a what a term! Probably forever. Um, anyway, all of a sudden it's the plot to Peaky Blinders and when they're going to stop committing crimes. Probably forever. <laughs> like <sighs> here, let me finish it out. Pitching in general, starting pitching in particular, and as we've talked about before. We'd like to get on base more. Again, for our team, more of that is always going to come from internal improvement. Your heart should your heart should drop right there, Pirates fans. But if we can help that outside the Pirates, then yeah, we'd like to do that. I hate probably forever. That's the weirdest oh, thing I've ever heard. It is. He's, he's right. A master class. He's right. You'll always need pitching. Every team, every year is in the market for more pitching. Uh. So he's, he's <laughs> absolutely right. As far as like the uh, internal improvement thing, I mean, Jim, you may not like it, but that's where we are. That's where we are with this team right now. That's who, where, where do you not see that uh, around the diamond? Where do you not see that catcher? Let's it's listen. I don't care if, if, some or most of it comes from there, but they got to, at some, at some point we'll have to go out outside to get the rest of it. Sure. But he was asked about but, next year specifically. So next year specifically, where, like where has, well, it, has the prospect list bombed out that you don't want to see anymore? You just complained about two guys that we can't get a shot to. Hopefully on the starting pitching side, they can say if there's an opportunity, and it's going to be a three or a four year deal to get someone in here, then that's what I'm talking about. I completely agree on the starting pitching. That's why I kept saying around the diamond because starting pitching, yes. And even he acknowledged that as a specific, which we should be grateful for because he never does that. <laughs> but yeah, now I want to ask him that today and after the Ortiz start and the, yeah, um, right. uh, Johan Oviedo start and see if we get the same answer. Cause that, that, that the pessimist in me worries that he'll well, back off that now. That's what's funny, Jim, is I still have – I still had people, you know, just today, well, I don't know if we need to go out and get a starting pitcher now. Oh, my goodness, Oh, yes, yes we absolutely do. Uh, yes, we do. It, well, it's because of that Ortiz start and, and Oviedo. People just right away, they're like, okay, they're starting next year. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, you can't do it. You can't and look like, at it like that. Oh, man, I'll t- it's a – dangerous game it's a dangerous game to play you want to have veterans you really do and you want guys like oviedo and ortiz on options so that you can bring them up when you need them and and well boy one thing you and i haven't talked enough about this year how fortunate they have been to not suffer casualties in that starting rotation they have had keller brubaker 
really Wilson all year for sure. And uh, who else did I – Rowanzi's really been healthy well. Yeah, as well, yeah, Contreras, they've, they've done a good job – or they've either done a good job or been lucky with his, his arm. Point is, they're uh, all okay. Thompson's the only one that got nicked up, and he only missed a couple weeks. Well, they're le- they're lucky. I um, uh, Pirates fans are lucky. I didn't think of this until just now because if I went would have went back and did a little Twitter researching about Nick Kingham in the starting rotation after he had that first start, I guarantee you there were there there were tweets about that at the time, already sure. penciling him in. So yeah, like that's 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 risky business, man. Look, w- we can be super encouraged about what we saw. But man, so much can change. Like it, there, you, you, that should change nothing when you're no. looking for starting pitching. If anything, I, I was very encouraged by those starts. But in a way, I'm in the back of my head going like, I really hope he doesn't think that this changes that he needs to get starting pitching because you have to. Like if you really want improvement next year, and you think that this lineup is going to carry some water for you, you got to. You have got to fortify that that pitching. You have to do it, and they got to do it with veterans. I'm sorry, they have to. Well, yeah, it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be veteran. And what you're looking for, at least when I say you, I mean me, is let's step it up from the Jose Quintanas of the world into something that isn't as much of a um, flyer, if you will. Like right that you're just hoping, you know, someone stays healthy and bounces back. You need a little bit more of a sure thing. Absolutely. So what else do we got here? Did he say more nonsense besides forever? Probably. Okay. So this is an interesting, ridiculous still forever. Probably it's, 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 it's elite phrasing from, from a pirates GM elite Neil Huntington, Neil Huntington somewhere read that and jotted it down in case he, he ever can use it. But, uh, Um, Okay, well, this was an interesting one because um, maybe this one isn't as crazy and and as um, vague. Maybe there's a reason for this one. So he was asked about, uh, again, like some of the rule changes and things and how those things are going to affect what they do. Yeah. And uh, this is what he said. He goes, the truth is I don't know what those are yet, meaning – some of the specifics we're still digging into that and trying to predict what changes that will bring and from that how we would make a particular player or skill more valuable or less valuable it may be that we have to get into it and see what the game is telling us before we know for sure the answer is probably yes that will, that it will change something about how we select or train players i can't tell you today what that's going to be though I don't even know where to start with that. There's a lot of words to basically say you don't know. I I get it. The longer it takes you to answer a question, the less questions they ask, right? <laughs> but like, or maybe they forget what they asked and you can just move on. Absolutely. I mean, as far as the rule changes go, well, I thought the point of doing these trial balloons in the minors was to kind of have an idea of what it was going to change in the game. So... um he should have a little bit of data on it. I've already seen some some data posted for how the uh, length of games changed and how many times pitchers were actually called for box for violating the pitch clock. And yeah, so uh, and, well, and the base sizes have changed certain things. I think there there's been data out there already on that, so he should have that. Yeah, in other words, he's just not going to tell you. I mean, but on what I they, what they changing think they how you would select players though. Like, I mean, like I would, I, yeah, I, I agree with you uh, or, or train players. Uh, maybe, maybe as far as the, the pulling of, of, yeah, the shift thing, maybe you would work on different things. Let but. me ask you something about, we, I know <laughs> we're not going to talk about these rule changes, Jim, but. Wouldn't it be an absolute shit in the cut of Major League Baseball if now that they've instituted some kind of a limitation on shifts, guys decided to start hitting like Tony Gwynn again? <laughs> it would be perfect. It would it, be it absolutely would be... great. And you, you think 
about the incentives they've just built into the the possible running game on the base paths. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, there's a little bit more benefit to being a singles hitter, isn't there? If you're fast. Sure. Tell me well, they're limiting not, limiting pickoffs. Tell me that's not going to appeal to some people. Yeah. Because you're going to turn singles into doubles more often than not if you're halfway decent at stealing bases. So I mean it does it does in fairness to what Sherrington is saying is there are things we're just not sure about yet. Like sure. You talk about like the, the speed of the game and maybe what those guys can do. You know, if you're if you've expanded the bases three inches and then you limit pickoffs and like you said about hitting uh, the opposite way, what does that do? Well, let me throw it to somebody else. If you're a team right now and you're thinking about a Joey Gallo, what what are you willing to bet on him that this shift is going the, – the banning of the shift is going to resurrect his career? You know, um, right. because he seems to be the poster boy for some of this stuff and just hitting into the shift all the time. So all, there are questions. How, with all that base stealing, though, and all that – that speed and slap hitting incentivizing that that could come, you, you know, to circle back, maybe it changes the way G1 base thought about because he is that exact kind of player that could exploit a lot of those roles. Right. It really benefits his game. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you think about, you know, if he has an on base percentage of, you know, in the three fifties, even, and he's your leadoff hitter, and you have Cruz hitting second. That's going to start out a lot of games two nothing. <laughs> you know Hopefully. what I mean? Hopefully. Well, you, you know what I mean though. Like yeah. that—that's the kind of things that could change with the game with these rules. I don't blame Ben Charrington for not knowing those. I wish I could make more fun of him because that's what this was about. But. That last I wanted one. to be fair. I wanted to be fair and put that <laughs> one in there because it did. It did. There was something to that. Now, we can I, if we've got time for one more. Sure, we have time this, for one more. Yeah, and this one is kind of what we 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 were uh, teasing with Shelton and just kind of how they're viewing things, big picture. But here we are with Shelton going into the last year of his deal. So, anyways. This was just about more of like a state of the union type response to things. And uh, you'll enjoy this one. Ben says, I don't feel any more urgency than I have every day that I've been here. (laughs) Our entire jobs, our entire lives, really, are focused on making the pirates better. And everything we do is only about that. We know that we're not going to get everything right over time as we try to do that. We have to keep learning and getting better and better and better at everything we do. As we do that, the results will get better on the field. And scene. Yeah. I mean, it's not even about disagreeing with him. Over time, his statement will be very true. Talent's coming. It looks better. You can already see the kids starting to develop. Eventually, they're going to get good enough just through attrition that better is easily provably true. That's going to happen. We, I don't think I've the ever bar is not that. the bar has not been high either. With I don't, uh, think, I don't think I've ever questioned that. I know that's a joke. Ha ha. I actually think they will get pretty good. I just don't know that. And the question I've always had is, will they get all the way? Will they do what they have to do to actually reach that last bit? I've never been able to say that. I never will be able to say that till I see it. I agree with what he's saying, and he's been saying this same crap since 2019. This same exact spiel, it's rehearsed. I bet you could search that paragraph on Google and find very close to an instance right. of it. It sure. would come up like under the search, the number one, and it would say missing and and the, you know, like, <laughs> because it's going to have every other word in there because he said it search before. For, search for a quote where he says better four times and right. see if it comes up. I, point is, okay, it's rehearsed at this point. I've seen it. I think people just, 
get irritated when when you're saying it and you're it's like I was saying earlier, we wouldn't have gotten on them about having Josh Van Meter on the roster as much if we didn't have to see him constantly and, and watch him start over people we really wanted to see. Yeah. That's that that's been a huge problem. Yeah. For the so, base to swallow. So it would be a lot easier to swallow what he's selling as long as we're seeing that on the field. You know, so it's easy for me to accept when I've just watched O'Neill Cruz destroy the Reds and, you know, um, a, a brand new pitcher that I hadn't even heard of in April come up here and kill it. And somebody you just traded for come up here and do a really good job in his start. And Mitch Keller's coming along and Castro looks like he's developing. Cal yeah, Mitchell's that, hitting. Cause all that but, makes sense. Yeah. But a week and a half ago when you were saying the same exact statement, that's where my brain defaults to as far as my irritation, because even though I've seen it in the last week, well, you were saying the same thing last, like the last time we talked to you. Nothing that dramatic has changed in two weeks. You know, you're, you can't sure. sell that same exact statement over and over and over again. We get it. In fact, shouldn't those just be givens? If you're a general manager, what is your job? To make the team better. Hot damn! To make the team better. That's, what, that's yeah. your job. Well, so don't sell that to me as like my philosophy. It it better be it your better philosophy. Be like, I don't need. Yeah, I don't. That stuff doesn't need to repeat. I think in a town like Pittsburgh too, lip service doesn't go very far. You know, um, not here. People are too blunt. People just want to hear what's going on. If you're gonna do lip service, you have to do it like Tomlin. You got to do lip service like Tomlin, where you literally just make up words. <laughs> like you just make up things and people buy it. Cause like, well, you know, all the, like most of the reporters are like old white guys. So they're, they're like, he'll, he'll say something like that's popcorn. And they're all like, Oh, well, that must be some, something from the streets. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the ur- urinate down your leg quotes. Give, yeah. give, give something they, funny. They run out there acting like it's something they've heard all the time from the youngsters. But it's, it's just Tomlin making something up and sending you off. He don't care. A, there's an art to it for sure. Yeah. But you can't um, do that as a general manager in any sport. You have to, when you when you speak to the media the the platitudes especially when they're reused and recycled over and over again, they just get old. You can't tell me that nothing has changed from spring training to now. I want a different answer now than I wanted in spring training. Now I want you to tell me I feel like we've got a good base laid here. Let's Look to like really get better next year. That's what I want to hear. Add a little something to it. Uh, And you know, um, as we sit here and we talk about this, you know what the one thing I would love to hear Ben Sherrington answer right now, and just to see what kind of answer came out of his mouth. Hey, what do you, what do you do with Derek Shelton? What do we, (laughs) you know, he's coming into the final year. What, what are we doing there? And just see what comes out because you know, he doesn't want to speak on that. Right. Right now. There's, there's no way he'll avoid it next year. No way. It's already time to ask it. It, It's already time to ask it. I'm kind of surprised. I haven't heard it asked yet. I'm not saying specifically it hasn't been. I haven't heard it asked yet. Yeah, I haven't either. I mean, sure. It could have been. So I would like to see it asked if, if it hasn't been um it will be this spring it's well it has i mean it has to well be there's here, no right? way that there's no way he embarks on a lame duck season without somebody asking about it and i also wouldn't put it past the pirates to just pop an extra year on the end of his deal and not say a word yeah they could do that no, and it, they may have to. They may have to just do that. Um, they may. You're right. And and buy themselves some time with it. But I want to hear it asked. I want to hear it asked. I do too. That wasn't the the worst Ben Sherrington quote breakdown ever. As far as like, uh, it wasn't as ridiculous as normal. 
But I think he's actually gotten to the point where he's literally saying nothing of substance. And it's it's hard to even break that down at some point. <laughs> we'll, pro- we'll probably forever be doing these these uh, breakdowns of his quotes. So, or was it <laughs> was it forever? Probably. Well, Jeez, I I love, so interchangeable. I really love the use of forever. Probably. <laughs> so for real, I mean that's how long we plan on doing this podcast forever. Probably. So sure, why not? It works Whatever for us. Means. Why not? Yeah, why not? Hey, good talk, man. How do people get a hold of you, brother? Yeah, so uh, you know, Twitter all the time. It's uh, at JimStam22 or for the city underscore 412. And baseball's winding down, but always talking baseball, Steelers and Pitt and Penguins too. So uh, yeah, I love to interact. So shoot me messages or let's get into some good sports talk. Yeah, and I, I, I should be remiss. We're recording on Roberto Clemente Day. Um, yes. So the show's officially going to be out there after it, but, you know, just still got mad respect for Roberto Clemente. Um, I, I try real hard, especially on a day like this, to not resent watching this version of this team use him to um, promote themselves because – it's the only day of the year where it's really acceptable to me. Um, I hope someday soon we could be showing him because we're just proud of him as opposed to uh, trying to sell tickets for an inferior product. Um, that's really where I hope this all heads more than anything else, because I never got to watch him play. So I'd like to look back fondly on stuff like that instead of have any hints of resenting it. But, yep, uh, me neither. It'd be nice. It would be nice to be able to truly, truly celebrate it um, with uh, them having um, some real action behind it too. Yep. So follow me on Twitter at GaryMO2007. And without further ado, Ben, take it away. Get your butt.